that's good, dear. Yeah. I was going to set up my timer. <laughs> well, good morning, everybody. For those who haven't set morning to. Uh, yes, it is really wonderful to be here with you. You know, I didn't come here to preach the word as much as to meet you guys and to get to know you. That's first prize for me, is to, who's God's people in Krabo, and uh, that God's put with us to partner with us to build God's kingdom in greater, into the nations really. And I love what uh, Vinam was saying this morning, that there's been words spoken over you, as, over Krabo, and of touching nations, and and uh, going and you know, a prophetic people touching the world really for God and, um, and that's what I, I really want to just share this morning I'm, I'm not a, I wouldn't say I'm a teacher of like a line upon line teacher I really my heart is to, to um, challenge God's people to see themselves the way that God sees them um, and to help them to break free of the enemy's lies and strongholds over their minds, over their emotions, to walk in all that God's got for them. Um, because, you know, we, there's a focus on when we get there into eternity. And actually, I read Revelation last night. I read it backwards. Um, I'm not Chinese, I believe they read backwards, but, um, but I read Revelation backwards. I thought, Let's start at the end and work a little bit backwards and see how the flow goes. And it's so amazing how that beautiful day is going to happen where we're going to be with Jesus forever. And uh, it's going to wipe away every tear, there'll be no more death, no more pain. And all these things that we are experiencing in this lifetime, they won't be there. But can we live as a people of God um, victoriously and in the victory of God? And uh, we've got to aim for the right thing though. If we aim for the wrong victory, we're going to get disappointed. And, uh, and I love what's happening in Kentucky and America right now. And, you know, I've been saved more than 40 years, over 40 years, so my wife even longer than me. And uh, we've seen amazing moves of God over the years, like really power. But, you know, we're always looking for fruit. Is there fruit that comes from this move of God? Or is it just a nice experience? You know, what, when they, I believe they're closing down the Kentucky uh, revival right now. The leaders are saying we feel God has taken it. I read correctly yesterday, and they want to actually bring it to an end now. They don't want just to fizzle out. They want it to stop when they feel it's right in the Lord. Um, can you do something like that? Well, they, you know, there's been lots of revivals that we've observed over the years: the Scottish Hebrides, the, Wel- the Welsh revival, and all these revivals. And, and there's all different reasons why some of them ended. But there's, we're living in a state of revival in Josh Jen. Um, it may not be, fun, you know, well, sometimes it is. I mean, we were in Durbanville, was it last week, I think, and it was, it was a crazy morning. I think you guys might have had very similar. But we don't aim for just for crazy meetings. We aim for fruit in the spirit. That when the craziness is work, when God, is, God touches people's lives, it's wonderful. But is your life changed afterwards that you glorify Him through your life? That's the question. What remains after all that? And... Um, Andrew's actually sharing a word tonight that's going to be shared across Josh Jen. Um, tonight he's going to preach it in, in Sunningdale, evening congregation of this is that. And uh, because, you know, the, in the book of Acts we see the, the Spirit poured out and everybody was caught by surprise. So what is going on? And then they had to get up and explain. This is that. It was spoken of. And so we want to lead God's people into all that He's got for them. Um, and I, I did give her this morning's word a, a title. It's called Lift Up Your Eyes. Because um, you're all going to get challenges in this life. You're going to get all sorts of challenges. In the, um, so, you know, if we look at Jesus' temptation, he was given, sometimes he's offered power, he's offered wealth, he's offered all sorts of things, and he turned them down. Because, and the, and even the devil even used scripture to try, and, to try and get him off the path that, that the Father had called him to. And he, he counted it with scripture. So you've got to know your word. You've got to know what God says. And as, and, um, and as the people of God living in Krabo, your life's got a purpose. Your life's got a meaning. There's, there's a reason why you're alive at this time, in this town, and uh, whatever culture group you are, we, we lay our culture down, we lay our race down at the feet of Jesus and say, Lord, we're just part of your family. We're part of your bride. And how can we together impact Krabo and beyond. 
Um, you know, we've often traveled to Namibia over the years, and, um, and they, there's only two and a half million people in Namibia. And, uh, you know, so they think anything that comes from South Africa or America is, we know better. And, uh, but we always try to encourage Namibia. Come on, you, you go to a small town, there are a lot of small towns in Namibia. Um, the the de definition of a town is that you've got a pep store and a spa. And that's, that's, that's a town. Trabajo <laughs> is a massive city. You've got lots of, you've got lots of shops. Um, but they, you know, they, they're very looking down all the time. Like, who are we? We nobody. South Africa, you know. Tell us what to do. And no, no. You've got the same Holy Spirit inside of you as anybody living in London or New York or... Paris, uh, you've got the same Holy Spirit living in you. The size of the city, the, the country that you come from, America, whatever, does not determine what God is doing. We've had some powerful moves of God in South Africa. Wellington, Andrew Murray, um, and what happened there was in the 1800s, there's been some powerful, powerful move. Uh, John G. Lake, uh, the Canadian guy, came out, and uh, that's where the, the AGS, the AFM church, came from. Uh, hundred years, more than 100 years ago, where he worked amongst people with the bubonic plague. And he said, put the, and he prayed for them, and they said, he said, put the, put the germs on my hand and put it under a microscope and see what happens. And the germs died on his hand as it touched his flesh, the bubonic plague. And so, you know, we're the people of God. We're called to rise above and keep in step with the Spirit of what is God doing. Each meeting, we don't follow a formula. Hey, last week, we might have had a wild meeting, laughing, shouting before the Lord. This week, God might just come in a different way, in a holiness and a deeper look into our hearts and say, my people, right, I just want to speak to you. I want to adjust your hearts. I want to change your mindset and your understanding of who I am. We serve a powerful God, a really big God. And we've got to be a people of God who, who are not there to get from God, but how can we serve Him? How can we lay our lives at His feet that He might use us? Do you want to put up Psalm 121 for me, please? Um, wonderful. I lift up my eyes to the hills. Where does my help come from? My help comes from the Lord, the maker of heaven and earth. So till this morning, I want us, I feel the Lord's challenging us to lift up our eyes and say, Lord, where does my help come from? Uh, who are you? How big a God are you? And what can I expect you to do in my life, Lord? Again, in Namibia, in Swakopmund, we used to go to quite a few churches there. And the one church, and there were rich churches to extremely poor church. And the poor church, um, I mean, they, they met with cardboard and wood. Um, but the people would come, they all dressed up beautifully. The pastor, he said, people, these guys have come from South Africa. I want us to bless them today financially. So I don't want to see coins, I only want to see notes. And we were like in tears. How do we take money from such poor people? And you read in the Bible that the, the Macedonian church begged. They were poor, poverty-stricken. And they begged for the privilege of being able to give. These are mindsets that we've got to change in South Africa. Because poor people will say, they'll look to the richer people and say, okay, give me. Whereas, no, sometimes, can I bless you? You know, or we can, you can become, we talk about having a poverty mindset, I think it is. And, but we can become poor in spirit and encourage um, whatever state of life you're in, in terms of your financial, that you'd be a generous people. And like the Macedonian church, begging, can we give to what God wants to do? And I remember this one guy in Namibia, he was, he was a warrant officer in the police force. And he used to stand next to me and, and translate into Afrikaans, because Namibia is very Afrikaans. And, um, and then one day I go there and this man is not there. I said, well, what happened to him? They said, no, he looked on TV and he saw TV and, and he saw the prosperity message and God wants to just bless you with money and prosper you. And he looked at the reality, the township or where he comes from and the poverty. And he said, where's God? And he lost faith. He lost heart. Um, thankfully, he did turn later. He, he came back to the Lord and he, he repented of that false understanding of how God should work. Because you think, well, I'm your child, Lord, you know, but God promised to look after our needs, not always our wants. And um, yes, this, this one, this one church, also a very poor church, and uh, you know, you go there to minister and to bless them with the word and and encourage them, and then they said, you know what? For two years, we have got from ask the church down the road, give us your keys. We want to pray for you in the morning. 
They would get up at five o'clock in the morning, go and pray for that church down the road. Not part of their church, another church. They would come home, make breakfast, get the children ready for school, put them, take them to school, and they would go to work for the day. They did it for two years every morning. And we thought at the end, but we are so weak compared to you. You're much richer in the faith than we are. And um, just we were challenged by that. Wow, such a commitment and a love and a devotion to others, you know. When you came here this morning, did you come to receive or to give? Because everyone's got something to give. You're all a gift. I'm a gift. You're a gift. Every one of you is a gift in the hand of God. Did you come here this morning and say, Lord, how can I bless the people of God this morning? When you walk in here, did you see that one person might be sitting on his own and just go and say, hey, my brother and my sister, how are you doing? Can I pray for you? Anything I can pray for you for? And just, or did you come? Because people come and they, we, we get religious and we come with a church mindset. This is a church meeting. We must sit down and, okay, let's sing some songs. Let's, let's have the word preached. Let's pray at the end and we go home. But did we come this morning to say, Lord, I want to be a... I want to bring my gift of me. Do you know what the gift that God has put in you? Do you know what, did you, what God has given you? Well, number one, He's just given you Himself. If you're born again and you know the Lord Jesus, then, then you've got something to give. You've got the love of God inside of you. And that's actually enough. If you just come here and say, Lord, can I bless someone today? Who can I bless? How, who can I pray for? And we should be a community of people who are just loving this. Um, and, and just something just comes out of us because we want to touch nations, but what are we taking? We've got to take something that's, that we can say, you know what? I come from an Man, the, Jesus said you'll be known by the love you have one for another. And so, guys, I'd encourage you this morning. I don't, I don't, I'm not judging you because I don't know you well enough, but I'm just encouraging you to more. Maybe you are living like that and doing that, but more that, that, that people would come in here and just sense the love of God. Not good preaching, good worship, musicians, but just the love of God. And we, we can't keep this to ourselves. This, this morning is, is, a, is a time of stirring us each other up in the, God, in the Lord Jesus and, uh, and encouraging and saying, Lord, can I help someone? Can I help Krabo? If you put me in Krabo, there must be a reason why. It's not just to make money. It's not just to have a job. Not just to suck air and eat food. I was in the marketplace, I was a businessman for 24 years, I've been in ministry now 21 years. I was a factory manager, I was a helicopter mechanic, I was trained as that when I was younger. Um, I've done a lot of business and had my own business for seven years. I raised three boys, they're all older now, I've got grandchildren. But for me, when I got to know the Lord Jesus, He was my everything. And I Lord, my, my life was, here Lord, use me. Where do you want to use me? He sent me to Cape Town. I'm from Durban originally. Um, and the Lord says, go there. We submitted to the leaders. You know, but and, but in, in this life, there's been the, the point of this morning and the heart of this morning is to stir you up for more and to not just look down at your feet and say, Lord, I've got so many problems. Call someone else. Use someone else. We've, I mean, you know, we've been through the valley in our lives. We might, my father and brother lost their business. My father went blind from the stress of that. Totally overnight, he could not work, he couldn't see. He was in his 60s at the time. We had to carry him, we had to sell our car to give money to like a food. Um, we lost, they, they, their business impacted my business. We lost our whole house, gone, finished. Claw. We, to, we came to Cape Town, we had to start all over again, push the button and start buying a house from the beginning. So we've been through times where, Lord, where are you? You know, am I in your will, God? And, and uh, can you still use me, Lord? Because I've got so many problems of my own. And uh, the Lord says, lift up your eyes. Lift up. Come. You're always going to have troubles in this world. Jesus warned us in, in where did he warn us? In John 16, 33. I jump around a lot. I think you can jump with me. I've told you these things, but in me you may have peace. In this world you will have trouble. Not might have trouble, you will have trouble. But take heart. I've overcome the world. So we can overcome in this world, no matter what our, our, our situation, what's happening at home, whether you've got, you might have alcoholic people in your life or drug people in your life. I mean, we've dealt with drug addicts. I mean, and people with, you know, in pastoring you see a lot. You see a lot of life situations and you experience a lot of seeing what life is all about and how people live. 
But Jesus, I've come to overcome in all these areas. In the last two years, I've had two life challenges on my life uh, um, physically. One was during COVID, where the doctor said, you know, basically say goodbye. They, they said, when I came into the ward, they, they, the nurse, oh, the, she was the head of the, the thing, she said, uh, you, you're either going home to be with Jesus, or you might go home to your family. The doctors introduced me to the other doctors. This is Russell Fraser, Mr. Fraser, I suppose he called me then. He said, I keep one bed open for someone who's dying. So we went right to the bottom. And thank the Lord for medical people, but people prayed for me. Because, you know, you know, I've, I've got uh, two, biolog- uh, two um, adopted, what would you call it, uh, spiritual grandchildren. Um, a good friend of mine, Mono van Amerva, he, he died 10 years ago at the age of 39, just before he turned 40. Um, he, was a, he was a Stormers rugby player. He was a front row. So he was 1,85 meters tall and he was 1,85 meters wide. <laughs> and um, he weighed 150 kilograms. His hands, I mean, a, a grizzly bear would be jealous of his hands. And he was big hands. And when I played the guitar, he, he, he oversaw all our worship in Josh Jen. And he was in eldership with me when I led the, the, the Sunningdale PM congregation. But then Monet got this brain tumor at the age of 37. And his boys were four and six at the time, Joshua and Matthew. And for two years, it took, it took two years for him to die. In hospital, brain surgery, all the time. We constantly were always in Vincent Pilotti Hospital. And I stood by his bed and I said, Monet, because you can see he was holding on for life, you know, for his boys and his wife, his beautiful wife. And I said, Monet, you can go. We will raise your boys for you. And he died, 2013. And I took Joshua the other day. I took him out for lunch and an activity with him. He's 18 now, the older boy. And Matthew is now 15. Matthew looks just like his father, big boy. They're going to take his birth certificate to rugby matches because they don't believe that he's 15. <laughs> um, he's bigger than he's, uh, he's here. Um, his jackets that he can't wear, they're too small for him, he gives to me. And... Uh, <laughs> But you know, these are hardships that you go through. And um, I can remember standing in the prayer time in Sunningdale when Mona got the, bra- the brain tumor, the cancer. And I said, we had a big prayer time for him. And we said, come, let's wage warfare for Mona. And we're going to pray. But I said, even if, even if Mona dies, tomorrow we fight for the next guy. We don't give up. And when I went through my COVID two years ago, and I was in ICU and all this type of thing, Joshua phones and the, the older boy says, Uncle Russell, I beg God for your life. I need you in my life. He fought for me. I said, Joshua, I, I, I think I've got a revelation that I think your prayer got heard. Because I don't know if I'd be here without your prayer. Um, you fought for me, Joshua. Thank you. And that to Valley. A lot of other people did as well, obviously. But, but you know, we're in, we're in war. We are in war right now. The enemy does not want you to walk in the fullness of God's plan for your life. He wants you just to look down. He wants you to stay where you are. Who am I? I'm a nobody. I'm nothing. Yeah, Willem, he can lead the church, you know. And, um, and he's, he's the man of God and all this. But you're the men and women of God. You're the priesthood of all believers. And there's one thing in our hearts as Joshua Generation Church is for everyone to rise up and say, Lord, pick me. I'm here. I'm available for duty. Use me, God. Where do you want me to go? You know, we've got a team from Durbanville Central, the this weekend, they've gone to Ferdendal just to bless them. Um, we used to take teams to Namibia, 20 people. And the guys would say, who are these people? Are they all full-time workers? No, no, that one is a plumber. That one's a lawyer. That one's, that one's a teacher. That one's a farm, farm worker. This one, you know. These are just ordinary people that came with their own money. They believed and trusted God too. And that is what impacts people's lives. So lift up your eyes as the people of God of Krabo. Krabo needs you. You know that? Because yes. Jesus is the light of the world. Jesus is our hope for the nations. Jesus. And you represent him. You, he's the head. We're his body. Yes. Without Jesus, this town has got no hope. Yes. He's the, he is the hope in individualizing in this life. It's person by person. Wherever you are, that is your ministry. You are in full-time ministry. For 24 years when I was in business, and I, for me, my, wherever my, I went to put my foot, that was my ministry. I'm, I'm, here to, I'm here for a reason, not to have a job. I'm here to touch people for the Lord Jesus. There's this interesting story of this businessman in Australia. He would employ people. 
um, to get them saved. And once they got saved, he would fire them. He said, right, the purpose is done now. You've come to know the Lord Jesus. Now take what you've got and go and take it to your next job. Because sometimes we want to work for a Christian company, you know. Oh, the pastor's a Christian and everybody's Christians and we just pray all the time. And, and you think, but what's the point of that? You know, you're just keeping it here. You must take it there. We're called to be the light. We're taught those who go out into the world and touch the world for Jesus. I pray this morning, I'm going to pray that you, as a boldness comes on you, a, a, a courage of, from God to speak about your faith. Just speak about it. Just, just tell people about it. You know, people are desperate for hope. It's a, it's, a, it's a desperate world. It's a hard world. It's tough out there. And people are, you know, they need that hope. And they, and they don't even know sometimes how much they need you. But if you are able to stop looking down and look up and say, Lord, where does my help come from? You fill me. I'm filled with the Holy Spirit. I'm, I'm full of you, God. I've got something to offer. Not, I'm not offering me. I'm offering you. We've got a beautiful God who, who wants to reign in our lives. But let God change you though. If you have not changed in, in the time that you've known the Lord Jesus, then there's something wrong. Because when you collide with God, something must change. And He's not going to change. You must change. So for me, when I came in to know the Lord Jesus, I, I, you know, growing up in South Africa, you think you're a, a Christian, but because you were born in this country. We're a Christian country and there's no such thing as a Christian country. There's only Christian people. And I suddenly, at that age of 21, I suddenly came to know God. I, and I, I never read the Bible before. There was a time when I was asked, uh, what religion are you? I had to phone my mother as a, as a young adult. And, you know, mother, what am I? She said, you're an Anglican. Okay, thank you. I didn't know what I was. You know? um, and then I got born again at the age of 21. And this Bible came alive. I couldn't stop reading it. I used to carry a small one in my pocket and everywhere I went, I've still got that little Bible today, Gideon's Bible, New Testament, Psalms and Proverbs. And I used to stop, I'd pull it out and just read it. I, I, first time I'd seen it, age of 21, I'd grown up in a Christian country, so-called, but I never sat down and read the, this because I never knew the author of this book. I never knew him. And when I came, that, the whole world, like a, like a veil lifted and the whole world just came alive. And when people didn't, you know, the day after I got saved, I tried to get drunk. I went, we went straight to the bottle store, we bought up, and I took a sip, and I was sick, and I never drank again. No one had to say, hey, don't drink, and I'm not saying drinking is wrong, okay, because the Bible doesn't say that. But for me, it's something that I had to walk away from. Swearing, every third word was a swear word. No one had to say, stop swearing. The Holy Spirit just said to me, stop swearing. He just convicted me. I suddenly, oh, these are small things in a way, aren't they? Because the deeper things are the attitudes and, and, and uh, things of our heart that God needs to take out uh, of how we behave towards our wife, our husband, our brothers, our fathers. Um, all these things God wants to work on. So we can be a people who represent God well. You know what? what it we're not here to motivate you. Because we're here to present truth. And Hebrews 12, you want to put that up. Uh, what, what, why did Jesus do what he did? Why did he go through what he had to go through for us and come and die for us? That pain and everything. Why did he do that? It says, therefore, in Hebrews 12, verse 1 to 3, therefore, since we're surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us throw everything off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles and let us run with perseverance the race marked out for it. There's a race marked out for you. I'm pointing at all of you. It's rude to point, I know. I was doing it. never pointed someone, but I'm doing it this morning. Because God wants to highlight you. He says, the race marked out for you. Are you in that race? Are you following the line? Are you in the race? Are you there? Just, sorry, let's go back. I can't sing. Anymore. I thought you might stop singing. Let us fix our eyes on Jesus. Fix your eyes on Jesus. The author and the perfecter of our faith. He's wrote it. He started it and he will perfect it. For the joy set before him, he endured the cross, scorning its shame, this very shameful thing, and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. Consider him who endured such opposition from sinful men so that you will not grow weary and lose heart. Through the joy set before him. Do you see the joy this morning set before you? Are you ready? Willem highlighted again uh, of, of that one day 
We will be with Jesus. We'll be in eternity and we'll experience the fullness. There'll be no more sin, no more temptation, no more pain. You'll wipe away every tear because there will be tears. Maybe I don't know what those tears represent or why they were there, but He will be there for us. And, but there's a, is there a godly joy inside of you that will motivate you and will change you and say, Lord, I don't understand. I, don't, I shouldn't be doing this, but there's a joy inside of me that, that doesn't matter what my circumstances. You know, when I got challenged financially, you know, when you, when you lose everything financially in this life, we, which we did, we, we were right at the bottom financially. We had lost everything. Guess what the first challenge is? Don't be generous. You know, you want money, pass a box around. Oh, sorry, I've got to keep the money in my own pocket. Never mind your the church and that. This money must stay up. You know, you know how struggling I am right now. And the Lord said to me, no, you give. Give what you've got. Give whatever you can. Just keep. He's coming. You see, the kingdom, the Bible, the kingdom of God is opposite to this world. The world says, no, look after your money. Careful now. Where the Bible says, no, just give everything. Give. Just surrender. And so, so, you know, the world will say, no, be wise now. Keep your money over here. Don't give it to the church. And so, we just said, no. We're coming in the opposite spirit. We're going to give. We're going to sow. In our, in our struggling time, in our difficult time, we're going to sow into the kingdom of God. When we came, I mean, we've got no pension. If, if there's, there's nothing sitting for me waiting to retire and a pension and watch the flowers grow. Um, we, when, we, when I left the business place, I took my pension money. I don't say everybody must do this, but it worked. But this is what the, and we gave it to that building in Sunningdale. We built that thing with our sweat, that, that building in Sunningdale. We had, nobody had any money. We, 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 we had to all dig deep. So we've got no thing waiting for us. We just here, yeah, we're trusting in God that He will be our provider. But at the same time, we are, sort of, we are trying to be as wise as we can. I don't say if you've got a pension that you must give it up by any means. I'm not saying that. Um, but each person must walk out in the conviction of God, what He's saying to them. So lift up your eyes this morning. You know, where does your help come from? We serve a powerful God, an amazing God, that don't let your circumstances keep you in a place of poverty of your heart. Poverty of what God wants to do through you. In the book of Revelation I read last night, He's going to judge us on the things that we did in this life. Do you know that? He's going to look and see, what did you guys do with the life that I gave you? I gave you time. I gave you, I gave you life to live. I gave you resources. What are you doing with it? You should be, we all should be dead to ourselves and alive in Christ. So the joy is set before us. If we, if we preach to you all the time, just come and die, come and die, then you think, well, you're just going to die. You know, what's it all about? But if you know the joy is set before you, that man, there's, a, there's a, a, a beautiful thing waiting for you. Hey, I was very close to it two years ago, you know. I actually wanted to go. I was quite happy when they said, you might go be with Jesus. Well, this is fantastic. Thank you. Um, you know, I'm not hanging on to this life by any means. But I do feel responsibilities for my wife and, uh, you know, so if the Lord wants me to carry on and there's work to be done. But Paul said, you know, I'd rather go be with the Lord, but for your sake I will stay. So for your sake I'm here. Um, just joking. So we serve a God who's calling us this morning. He's speaking to our hearts uh, by His Spirit and saying, come my people, come closer to me. If you've been looking down for too long, if you've given up, even for us older people, you know, you'll get grey hair, you think, well, let the young people run now. They need us. In fact, I'm going to make it hard for him to catch me. He must try and keep up with me. I'm not going to slow down for him. I'm going for it in God. I'm going for it. I'm not waiting for him to come. You know, you, you, you must run faster if you want to keep pace with me in the Lord Jesus. Because the older people know how to pace themselves. They know, you know, when, when we hit problems, we don't panic. Because we've been there so many times before. The best marathon runners are the older guys, because they know when that pain comes, um, they know how to push through. But the young guys panic, hey, this pain, this, oh, we must give up now. With no, no, you'll be alright, come, come, you'll be okay, come through. They need us, these young guys, older people. The young guys need us. They need to know that they can make it, it's going to be alright. They need that encouragement, come, let's go for it, together. We don't, it's not just about young people, old people. It's about together that we can all bring something in God to build up His kingdom. The world needs Rabo. 
you know that? The world needs Krabar. It needs to, because you've got something that God put in you. And don't wait for Cape Town, Johannesburg, Bloemfontein. Just say, hey, I don't about you guys, but we're going for it in God. We're not waiting for you at Johannesburg, Cape Town. We're going for it. We're going to find our God. We're going to seek Him out. We're going to present our lives and say, Lord, come and work in us. And what can come out of Krabar? Powerful things, man. Powerful things. If you believe that God wants to work in and through you, if you offer your lives to Him. Let's, um, what other, what other scripture should I use? Let's use, um, do I give you 2 Corinthians 4, 16 and 17? 2 Corinthians 4, 16 and 17. Um, did I give you all that? 18 to 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 any of you have lost heart this morning and have just sort of given up and just waiting and just going through love, man, let the fire burn strongly in you this morning. Don't lose heart. Once you lose heart, you're in a dangerous place. Well, outwardly we are wasting away, which is true, it happens to everybody, yet inwardly we are being renewed day by day. For our light and momentary troubles are achieving for us an eternal glory that outweighs them all. So we fix our eyes not on what is seen, but what is unseen. For what is seen is temporary, but what is unseen is eternal. And this comes from Paul, who'd been through a lot. He wasn't a rich man. He'd been beaten and shipwrecked and starved, and he'd been through a really tough time. And he can still write this and say, "A lot of momentary troubles." So if you if you let your troubles look too big, then you'll lose heart. The minute you lose heart, armies often lose just because of their heart. They, they're just not in it. And the, the Second World War, the, the Italian army. Any Italians here today? Anyone in Italian origins? So I can insult Italians. No, I'm just joking. Um, tease them. But the Italians did not do well in the Second World War, to put it mildly. Even South African troops encountered them. And sometimes 10 South Africans would capture 1,000 Italians. They just didn't want to fight. They weren't interested in the war. It wasn't, they just didn't want, didn't want to be there. So they would surrender en masse all the time. I mean, there's lots of people tease them all the time now, you know, that their, their, their armored cars have more gears going backwards than forwards. You know? <laughs> and if you see Italian, go to Italy today and you see people walking around like this, don't worry, they're just practicing for the Third World War. <laughs> so they were not known for doing well because they lost heart. And, we'd, and, and, if, and you know, we always talk about like a dog. Uh, Jack Russell. We had Jack Russells a lot. Uh, those little dogs, they've got so much heart. They're small bodies, but they think they're much bigger dogs. You know? um, we had a small one, and, and she would go for us, uh, German Shepherds, and she'd take on anything. Nobody told her that she's small. And, uh, and the German Shepherds often would get a surprise, and they would back off. They think, maybe I'm the wrong, maybe I'm seeing incorrectly here. You know? Maybe this dog's bigger than what I think it is. Um, and uh, so, we serve a big God. He's looking for a people who just say, Lord, pick me. Send me. I like what um, our president said, Tumamina, um, send me. Send me. So if you don't put your hand up, not the Italian way, but the other way, and say, Lord, pick me. Use me. I'm not waiting for the guy down the road. Pick me. And that's what I've done. Um, when I came into the, to the kingdom of God, I was not very gifted. In fact, I'd been saved one year and I sold everything that I had at the time. I had a car and a motorbike. As a young man, I went to Bible college in Durban for a year. I thought, I'm going to ministry. This is so amazing, this Christianity. and I want to be a, 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 in ministry. And it didn't happen uh, because I was not gifted. And even 20 years later, when I came to Cape Town, I pre- we'd only been in two churches in over 40 years. We were one church in Durban and one church now with Andrew Silly in Cape Town, 24 years now. And because um, I believe in being faithful. Faithful to one wife. And uh, also more than 40 years. And... Uh, you know, God's calling for a faithful people. Well done, good and faithful servants. And so, when I came, even when I met Andrew, I wasn't very gifted. I'd been a deacon, and there's nothing wrong with being a deacon. I mean, if you're a good deacon, then that's, be a good deacon. I was a home group leader, 
And, and when Andrew met me, I, I, you know, there wasn't much there. It's just a, a nice guy, maybe. But I just said, Lord, add to me. Give, you know, I'm, I'm quite into my tools. I like working on things, motorbikes and cars and things like that. And I understand tools and toolboxes and having the right tools. And, and over the years, just by being faithful and persevering, God has added to my tools. He's added to my gifting. And He's added, you know, Jenny and I often look and we think, why are we, God, why are you using us? Um, all over the world, over nations, and, 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 and touching lives and and. And this guy's much more gifted than us. Much more gifted. But we're just there. Because I love the Lord Jesus. When I go into eternity, I want, I want to go and with, you know, blow draught and tape and plasters and all. You know, my gift must be worn out. I want to go in there saying, Lord, hey, I've used up everything I've got. I've given you my whole life. Everything belonged to you, Lord. Here it is. Here's Russell. I'm, you know, and you carried me, Lord. I know it's you, God. But Lord, I want you. This must be a well-used gift when it goes into eternity. Because the Bible warns us, uh, Jesus warned us actually. He said, you know, some people I gave a lot of gifting to, the parable of the talents. And the guys used them, multiplied it. And he said, well done, well done. That's what I wanted. I want you to multiply what I've given you. He said, for the guy who just buried it and put it under the table, this wicked, lazy servant, take it away from him, cast him out. Servant, not stranger. So, I don't know about you, but the day's coming for all of us. We're going to stand before the Lord. And He's going to ask us to give an account for our lives. He says, come, Willem, tell me. I gave you all this, Willem. I, I was there for you. And uh, God has got an expectation from us. He does. He doesn't say, I'll just be a nice Christian, sit quietly, watch TV, watch rugby, cry. He says, no. Those things you can have, but come, offer your life to me. And see what I can do through you. God's used... The, the revivals have often come to little ladies praying in Scotland. Praying, God, move amongst us. Yes. People that, to that this day, we probably don't even know their names. But they were just hungry for God. How hungry are you for God this morning? Is this something that God needs to awaken in you? Lift up your eyes across your troubles. You might say, but I'm just a poor person. I've, I haven't got a good background. And all that, put that to one side. That's what God's looking for, actually. He said, not many of you were noble birth. You know, we always say, oh, the guys who got the money, those who got the gift. No, he said, not many were like that. I pick, I look for the ordinary, the, those who, I'm looking, he's looking for heart. He's looking for the Jack Russells this morning. The hearts who say, Lord, here I am. I've got nothing to offer. I'm looking at me. But Lord, here I am. And that's what God is looking for this morning. The joy is set before you. There's a reward waiting for you in heaven. He wants to reward you. He said, lay up treasures in heaven. He encourages you to do that. It's a good thing to do, to lay up treasures, to work for the, for the king with a good heart, because he's a good king. So let's stand this morning. Let's stand. And I want to challenge you, wherever you might be in right now, in your journey in this life. At some stage it's going to come to an end. Maybe you think it's so far away, you don't need to worry about it. No, if I was you, I wouldn't be concerned. Because I've done funerals for many teenagers and young people. You never know when that moment might come. You've got to live in a, a state of readiness all the time. Lord, if you come right now for my life, I'm ready. Yes. I've, I've given you everything. Tomorrow's not another day. Today is the day. Because yes. we live in tomorrow's another day. Ah, tomorrow, I'll think about this. Don't think about it. Act on it. Yes. Be doers of the word, not just hearers of the word. God's looking for doers of the word. Those who will live it out. Those who will say, God, use me. And I love it in our church, across wherever we go, there are so many just normal people to say, God, use my life. Here I am. And, and the way we do it is to offer it through His church, because that's, that's, that's what represents Him here on this earth. We do, we do it as in unity, together. So let's close our eyes. Soften your heart right now. To soften your heart. It's between you and God. You're not responding to me. But I will try and connect you to the one who wants you to respond. Our, our, the reason for us as leaders is to connect people to Jesus. To lead them to Jesus more. If you say you're born again this morning, and I trust that you are all born again this morning, and you had an encounter with God, that you, you came to a time in your life where you, the veil was lifted and you saw 
a need for salvation, for a saviour. That you were born a sinner. Everybody is born a sinner. And Jesus said, I came that you might know the Father. Do you know the Father? Like, intimately, really know the Father. And if you do, does the Father, is He able to, to work in your life to bring glory to His name? Is He able to do that? Does He have all of you? There's a famous man called um, General William Booth who started the Salvation Army. He was on fire for Jesus. And they interviewed him one day at the end of his life. They said, General William Booth, why were you so effective for God? He said, simply this, because God got all of William Booth. Does God, have, give your name right now. Does God, and then mention your name, have all? Does God have all of Russell this morning? All, his heart, his, everything about him, belong to the Lord. Does he have it? Does he have it? So if you've got, if you've been looking down at your feet and not looking up, lifting up your eyes and saying, Lord, I'm a son, I'm a daughter of the living God. I'm not here to waste my life. I'm not here to be caught up in, in the problems of this world. In the problems of this world, I will serve you. I will praise your name and I will offer my life. I won't wait for tomorrow for things to be better before I do that. Today, I offer myself to you. If that's you this morning and you want to offer yourself and say, Lord, have, take all of me and lift your hands with me this morning. Lord, here I am. Don't do it if you don't mean it. Because God does hold you to your word. If you don't mean it, then don't do it. Don't just do it because everyone else is doing it. Do it because you're serious and you mean it business with God this morning. Father, come and I want to pray and break any false mindsets over people's minds and emotions this morning. Anything that hinders them from serving you, God, that gets in the way. The sin that so easily entangles and stops them serving you the way that you want them to serve you. I pray, God, that, that where the enemy has lied to people this morning, I want to break those lies over them right now in the name of Jesus. Break them, Father. You're no good. You're not good enough. You're inadequate. You come from a bad background. Um, all these things. I'm not qualified. All these things are lies of the enemy. You're just looking for a heart. It says, here I am. Take all of me, God. Take all of me. I belong to you. I was bought. At a great price, the blood of Jesus. I belong to you, Jesus. Take all of me, Lord. Father, I pray that these people, your precious, beautiful bride, and Krabo, they're beautiful. You're beautiful people right now. In God's eyes, you're beautiful. He's proud of you. You're precious to him. Love Africans with Kospar. Precious. You're precious to him. Precious. You're loved by God. Deep love. The Lord dreams over you. He dreams over your life. If you've given up, if you've lost your way, the Lord wants to restore you this morning and bring you back onto that path. Back onto that path. Back into his world. Back into the place where he and work in and through your life and use you for His glory. Thank you, Lord, for this beautiful people. They belong to you, my God. You're the head and we are your body. And we pray, Father, for great things to break out in this, in this town of Krabah. That lives will be turned upside down because of this church, this group of people who would dare to believe in God. They would not be intimidated by the enemy, not be intimidated by people's opinions. But Lord, they would just trust in you. You're a big God. A big God. Nothing is too small for you to overcome, Lord. Too big to overcome. These things are small to you, Lord. Worship you, Jesus. Worship you, God. Why don't you speak to God right now? He wants to hear from you. He wants to hear from you. What do you want to change right now? What lie do you need to break over your life? What have you believed that's not of God and you need to change today? He wants, God wants to hear from you.
wants to hear your voice. He longs to hear from you. Just, just pray. Come, let's all just pray before him right now. Praying is speaking to God. Pray to Him. Speak to Him. He wants to hear from you. Touch your people, Lord. Your ears, Lord. You said you're attentive to the prayers of the righteous. God is listening. Galatians tells us that everybody should carry their own load. But it says carry each other's burdens. So a burden is an ex excess load. It's, it's something that's on top of a, of a load. A burden. The yoke is easy, his burdens are light. And I want to pray for you this morning. If you've got anything that you're really struggling with right now, and you want prayer, why don't you just lift your hand up and say, Lord, I need breakthrough in a particular area. Raise your hand if you feeling that you're struggling in something right now that you want us as, you, as the people of God to stand with you and break over your life. Because we serve a God who breaks strongholds, He breaks things and He hears our prayers. Okay, I see some hands going around. So those just nearby, why don't you just be family in this, why don't you stand and just turn and lay hands on the folk who's got their hands up. If you've got hands up for prayer for breakthrough in something, keep your hand up and the rest of the family, let's pray for them. Put your hands on them. Stand with me. I'm going to pray over this. Everybody got someone to pray for them? We're in this together, eh? We're in this together. Father, I thank you for your precious people who raised their hands. We've asked for a burden to be lifted this morning. And we pray and we expect and we know that you're a God who wants us open your word to sit and come to life, to sit come to fruition. And we pray this morning, Lord, that every single person will see breakthrough at some stage, at some point, as they trust you, this, the sovereign God. Whether it be financial or health or Emotional, or whatever it is, will be prayed for. Serious breakthrough right in the name of Jesus. In the name that the enemy fears so much, in the name of Jesus. We pray right now. Great, great breakthrough. Come in Fill them with your presence. Fill them with our hope, Lord. In your precious name.
God. Father, bless this congregation. Bless your people. I pray this in Jesus' wonderful name.